Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I am always so glad when you join me. So welcome to the show today, and I'm really excited because if you heard last Sunday, I had my friend Kristen Clark, who is a relatively new friend. We've been working together for about two years now, and she does a great um, whole entire program called Becoming a Woman of Worth, and I was introduced to her, and she's been on the show before. So we had a great time talking about this webinar that we are doing with our new friend, Dr. Ann Redolfs, which I'm very excited to introduce you to today. So all three of us are doing this wonderful webinar on February 28th, and I'm going to give you some of those time zones. We have Pacific is 8 to 10, Mountain Time is going to be 9 to 11, Central Standard Time is 10 to 12, and Eastern Time is 11 to 1. And this show, um, this webinar, is called Becoming a Woman of Worth, Developing a Mind Style to Live the Lifestyle Determined for You by Christ. And it really is about renewing your mind. And we are using the verse in Romans, uh, Romans 12, 2, and it says that we are going to change forever the way you think and live your life, the way you live your life, the way you think. And so we are changing the mind style so that your lifestyle matches what God has intended for you. And so this is God's will for you, but it is up to you to seize the opportunity in response. So we want you to join us for this one-of-a-kind event, and it's really discovering how to increase your confidence and developing the mindset that you need to finally live the lifestyle God has intended for you. And, And we all know that as women in this world, it doesn't really matter how much knowledge we have. It doesn't matter how many times people tell us that they love us and we're beautiful and wanted and all these things. We we really have to feel it deep within our soul, deep within our gut. And the majority of us really struggle with that. And we may have moments when we kind of are on top of it and then something comes along, some message that we hear, a way a person responds to us, a mistake that we make, and all of a sudden we bottom out. And all those confident feelings we have are just seemingly unavailable. So we're really focusing this webinar on that concept, that idea that we are wanting you to have a platform of confidence, a platform of worth and value that is not based in what you do, not based in what people say, but based on what God says about you, what Christ did for you on the cross, that he died because you are, you are of such great value to him, that he gave his life so that he could be with you for eternity. And it's really understanding that when I have that feeling I am much better able to walk out the calling God has on my life, and I'm much better able to accept positives from people and deal with the negatives that this world may bring. So this is what you can expect in this webinar that we're doing. This is There's energy and excitement, and it's right in your own home. And I laugh because I, I told you know Anne and Kristen that, yes, and everyone gets to show up in their pajamas. So maybe we'll show up in our pajamas as well. Probably not, but it's a fun thought. 
So you get this fresh perspective and sound biblical teaching, and it's engaging and inspiring dialogue, and it's this online fellowship with us as the host and other participants. And you get practical information that helps you to live and think the abundant life and really thought-provoking concepts for improving your relationship with Christ. And you have an opportunity to win some really cool prizes. So every attendee wins something. And there's handouts and guides to practice what you've heard. And you also are are offered some discounted offers for personalized individual coaching sessions. So I want to kind of introduce uh, my guest today, and this is Dr. Ann Redelfs. And this, this whole, what, what she has is she says, you know, do you believe you are too unworthy for God to care about you? And, and Ann is saying to us, you know, do you think you're, you're, that you make good enough decisions about God? And she's wanting us to learn to identify the distortions and the preoccupations that prompt us to forget our identity and to forget how valuable we are and that we are God's precious children. Now, Anne has received her medical degree from Tulane University and is trained in both pediatric and psychiatric residencies at Tulane-affiliated hospitals in New Orleans. And because she got very disgruntled about the excessive use of drugs on the mentally ill, she retired from psychiatry and decided to study developmental psychology. And she's published her findings in a book called The Awakening Storm. And the book has, is about the impact of Hurricane Katrina and the levee disaster on New Orleans and the impact of trauma on human beings. And, and I read uh, much of her book, and I have to tell you, you are really going to enjoy hearing just the creative um, ways that she presents information. And it's wonderful when I have a medical, medically trained person, a, a doctor that has gone through medical school, but also and psychiatry, but also understand psychology and really the hardwiring of humans, both physiologically and psychologically. And she's a Christian, so she really understands the spiritual effect. She also has a great life story about what God did for her and through her in this process. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Ann Redelf. So Anne, thank you so much for being on the show. Please introduce yourself again to the listeners. They are so happy that you're here. Hi, Cynthia. It's wonderful to be here. Um, I'm just excited to be talking to you again. Well, I'm glad, I, and I'm very glad to have gotten to know you, and I'm very thankful for our friend Kristen that introduced us. And yes. I, I, Can you give the listeners a little idea about this whole impetus of the book that you did, The Awakening Storm? Well, I've never been so motivated to do anything in my life as to write the story of what we went through with Hurricane Katrina and the levee disaster. It was like I, I said to myself, someone needs to write our story. Someone needs to write our story. <laughs> and then I heard God saying, that would be you. Wow. <laughs> so it's, um, it took me eight years, and I'm still adjusting it as I learn more and more about the craft of writing. Yes. But it's, um, it's been on my heart, and I just think it, it's important for people to know what we went through because New Orleans was like a microcosm for trauma. The whole city had post-traumatic stress disorder. So all I had to do was walk around my daily life and take notes. Well, explain, you know, I think that when you say it's a microcosm, how important that is for the listeners to understand that we get like this microcosm, microcosmic effect. And so we see trauma happen at that level, but we can metaphorically apply that to our lives that we may not have experienced a physical disaster to that degree, but the assault from the enemy on, on our very lives, our soul, our destiny, how God feels about us, 
is just as traumatizing. And it affects us yeah. in a traumatic manner. Yes. And so explain a little bit about what you learned and how that made sense to you as you did your own healing. Well, first of all, I'm remembering back in my psychiatry residency, I was asked to question my patients about trauma, had they had any trauma in their lives. And most people would think for a moment and say, trauma? No, no trauma. And then you would start talking to them, and they've had accidents, injuries, loss of loved ones, um, someone they knew was robbed at gunpoint. Just there are so many traumas in our lives, but we don't learn to call it trauma. We learn to call it something else. Well, and I think so, there, there is that problem with um, understanding that just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal and average. Right. And, and people forget that. And it's like just because it's common now in some ways for, I mean, the, the, the uh, amount of rape that is happening to women makes it almost common. And so, it, you know, we, we talk about these things and, it, you know, that it's like, well, you know, that's, that's what happens. People go to college or, you know, and we have this tendency to make trauma be average or normal when we want to say that just because it happens to everybody, just because this world is a very difficult place to live in, it doesn't mean that the impact isn't highly traumatizing. And so can you... Right, and and that's what I learned from being in the city of New Orleans with everyone traumatized. I began to see, well, you know, everyone in my life is like this person or that person (laughs) or this person. And And I started to realize our whole country has post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. The average person is still suffering from trauma, whether they know it or not. And the trauma can be bullying from when you were in fifth grade, and you just yeah. kind of lived through it. And so because you lived through it, and you know as a psychiatrist and, and someone that specializes in trauma, that because people live through it, they have a tendency to think they're, they're okay now because they lived through it. And, and they don't right. understand that the living through it in and of itself is a part of the trauma. And, and, and so there's a lot of layers that occur with trauma, and, and it, can be, it could have happened 30 years ago, but it's timeless. It could have happened yesterday, you know, and, and it's really understanding what trauma really is and how much the enemy wants to minimize what he does, which is further trauma. See, anytime, you know, someone comes and tells you what happened to them and we minimize it, we re-traumatize them. Right. So, and in my book, I liken it to uh, just as I evacuated from my home in New Orleans to escape Hurricane Katrina, we all evacuate from parts of our humanity to avoid trauma. So a tender boy is bullied at school, he evacuates from his tenderness and becomes a tough guy. Exactly. I mean, that is and so profound. And we all profound. do this in various ways and shapes and forms, and we lose touch with our humanity and aspects of um, our God-given nature that we need to be whole, complete human beings. That is amazing. That is so insightful. So I want you listeners to please join me in the next segment. Um, this is Dr. Ann Redolfs, and we're talking about trauma and as that relates to the impact on our soul, our identity. And she's going to be one of the speakers at the webinar that we are doing on February 28th, and I'm so excited to have just the insight and the the perspective that she has when it comes to looking at the impact that the world has on us and how it steals our worth, steals our humanity from us, and how God wants us to reclaim that and to change the way that we think, to change that mindset. 
So you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and find um, the link to this webinar that's coming up. You can also, it'll be on Facebook, which is uh, Cynthia Hyatt Inc., INC uh, for Incorporated. Um, Dr. Ann also has a website, theawakeningstorm.vp.web. Now say that again for me, Ann. I (laughs) thought I had it written. (laughs) .vpweb, as in Victor Peter Webb. Dot com. com. That's where it is. So the awakening storm <laughs> vp dot web dot com, right? No, I messed VP it up. Web VPweb dot com. Now they're going to get it because <laughs> I've repeated it so many times. So join us again in the next segment as we talk about this upcoming we- uh, webinar, Becoming a Woman of Worth with Dr. Ann Reynolds. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. I'm so glad you joined me today. And I have a special guest with me today. This is Dr. Ann Redelfs, and she is an author. She's also an MD, um, has studied psychiatry, and then decided to retire from that practice because of the way that uh, she saw patients being treated and over-medicated and uh, started um, researching and studying developmental psychology. So she has a great book that I am almost finished with, and it is called The Awakening Storm. And it is her experience of uh, Hurricane Katrina and the levee disaster and the impact that it had on herself and others as well. Now, I'm introducing her to you today, some because of that. I just love the book, and I may have her on hopefully again in the future just to talk about her book. But she's also one of the uh, presenters in the webinar that, that herself, uh, Kristen Clark, and myself are doing on February 28th. And it is called Becoming a Woman of Worth. And it talks about developing a mind style to live the lifestyle determined for you by Christ. So it's really just recapturing and re-owning the value and worth that God has, has placed on us and put in us and how he sees us and being able to walk that out. And so I'm very excited about this webinar and I want to encourage you to be a participant in it and you can sign up on Kristen Clark's uh, site, which is hissideofthelookingglass.com, and it will give you great directions as to how to do that. And so, Anne, thank you again for being on the show, and, and please just give us a little bit more idea about trauma and the impact that it has and what is considered trauma and one of the ways that we are working on helping people heal from it. Well, I mentioned about the the bullied boy who evacuates from his tenderness, becoming a tough guy. Well, he goes on in life and gets married, and he can't be tender with his wife and children. And this is typical of trauma. When we've had extensive or or severe trauma, we tend to go into post-traumatic stress disorder, which in a nutshell, I call it um, recreating our trauma, re-experiencing our trauma, or avoiding it at all costs. So we're functioning on automatic pilot, going toward our traumas, recreating them, or avoiding them. Right. So we have a binary existence, more like a computer, rather than tuning into God, following his direction for mm. our lives, where we have complete flexibility. And being that authentic person that right. God has created so we're us to be. functioning more like a machine. Right, right. So can you give some examples of, you know, to ever, anyone that's heard about Katrina, 
that that's like a no-brainer. We know that all those people were traumatized. It makes sense to us. But when we get the more covert trauma that everybody experiences, and, and I say everybody because anyone that's on this planet for any length of time is going to be harmed. And so one of the ways that the enemy harms us and we harm each other is we minimize trauma. So can you just kind of give us an example or some a way of looking at, for any of the listeners, what really would constitute trauma and how do you know it is existing? What comes to mind is uh, one night during my pediatrics rotation, I was working at Charity Hospital in New Orleans, and I was in the delivering room when a second-old baby was handed quickly to an orderly such that he got blood on his clean scrubs. And the orderly immediately yelled at the baby, look what you did to me. Wow. I mean, that is how quickly it can happen. Yes. And, and how subtly it can happen because, you know, the d- baby didn't understand words. But there was there was an energy, a feeling. There was a there's something wrong with me. Right, the first moment that they are out of the womb on the planet and they are assaulted yeah. verbally. Exactly. And so unknowingly by the orderly, you know, exactly. he's just in the moment doing his job and he's not thinking about wow, how the sensitivity of a baby. And I think what happens to us as adults is we think that we grow out of sensitivity. I mean, we do to some degree certainly get better at at, at handling the world. But one of the things the enemy always wants to steal from us is the sensitivity, the tenderness, the kindness, the empathy that we have as humans. Right. And that's what trauma does. I liken it to um, wearing shoes that don't fit quite properly. We get a callus, just the rubbing of trauma day after day, year after year. We get hardened and we're not as sensitive to our fellow man. That is a great metaphor. Nor to God. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And so in this webinar that we are doing with Kristen, we are talking a lot about self-esteem. And what trauma does to self-worth and self-esteem is extremely destructive. And, and so the, the trauma can be the relationships I have with my family, my, my family of origin. It can be an actual event that occurred. It can be a series of failures that, I, that I've experienced you know, it, it, it can even be the trauma of, of a physical illness and how I was treated as I was healing from it or the battle that I had to fight it or the type of illness that I even um, a- acquired or, or that happened. And so, you know, it really is an assault on our self-worth. So what, what can you tell us is like when, when we look at what is good self-esteem, what does that look like? Well, when we have good self-esteem, we place a high value on ourselves and believe in our worth. I lived for many years in New Orleans, like I said, where there's a saying, God don't make no junk. Uh, yes. So to have good self-esteem, <laughs> we have to know ourselves as God created us, made in his image. And this identity includes the qualities, like we mentioned, loving kindness, wisdom, strength, brilliance, generosity. And God made us worthy to commune with him and receive his abundant blessings, which are we are to share with others as he directs. But unfortunately, the world molds and shapes us as well into its image, like with trauma. Right. If we allow it. So we have this worldly identity within us as well, which includes qualities that are opposite to God's nature. Cruelty, foolishness, weakness, cluelessness, and selfishness. And of course, we can also show traits that are in between these two extremes. So most people have many different aspects to their personalities. Uh, just ask someone who lives with them. 
so we can show great strength in some areas, but then we're weak in others. We can be intelligent in some ways, but stupid in other ways. And we can be deeply feeling toward one person, but then be insensitive to someone else. And I, I liken this to this duality to wearing a T-shirt with the qualities we admit to on the front and the opposite qualities, the ones we try to hide on the back of the shirt. And sometimes we hide them so well that we ourselves forget that they're there. So as Christians, our goal is to have Christ in us, the hope of glory, wearing the shirt. Then all parts of us are aligned with God's purpose, no matter which side of the T-shirt they're on. So every part of us then carries the value of our God-created identity. I love that. I, I think it's important that listeners understand this idea when you were talking earlier on in the show about this binary effect, like with computers, it's kind of like a, a, a double-laned highway. And which lane am I driving in? And yes. and it's really understanding that when I'm driving in the lane that is trauma-based, I am never going to feel good about myself. That there there isn't anything in that lane that is going to cause me to feel like I am of worth and of value. Because I'm going to perceive the world as dangerous, and I'm going to many times act dangerously. And I don't mean like criminality. But it causes the relationships to be more defensive, more guarded, more protected. And then I can't really be who I am. So we're coming up on, on the end of this, this segment here. And I'm so excited to have, you know, just the awareness and the way that you are able to describe this whole concept of trauma and the effect it has on our identity. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm here with Dr. Ann Redelfs talking about this wonderful webinar that we have coming up on February 28th. So tune back in to the the next half of this show and learn more about what this webinar is in terms of your worth and your value. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And again, I'm always so thankful that you have joined me today. And I have a very special guest with me. This is Dr. Ann Redelfs. She is going to be doing a webinar with myself and Kristen Clark, who was on our show last week. And we're all three of us are so excited about this, uh, this webinar. And it is called Becoming a Woman of Worth, Developing a Mind Style to Live the Lifestyle Determined for You by Christ. And it really is based on the Romans 12.2 verse about really being transformed by the way we, by, by the renewing of our mind. And so I, I'm talking today with Anne about the phenomenon of trauma and what she lived through um, with Hurricane Katrina as she lived in New Orleans. She is a, a medical doctor and, and has since retired from uh, pediatrics and psychiatry and has begun studying developmental psychology. So she just has the whole entire picture to give us. So, Dr. Redolfs, thank you again for being on the show. And, and I just want to ask you just to maybe elaborate a little bit uh, on this, this concept of how we acquire low self-esteem and how you may be going to address this on the webinar coming on February 28th. Well, the Bible tells us that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind and serve him alone. But within our world, we're told to follow our leaders, obey our protocols, laws, and other guidelines, and respond to the information presented to us by mainstream media as if it were truth. And there's certainly a time and place for each of these behaviors, but they don't always produce the best results as serving God always does. So as a consequence, we have a lot of guilt stored up about having harmed ourselves and our fellow man, 
even when we believe we've done the right thing, as in following the dictates of our culture. Also, we talked a little about post-traumatic stress. When we're automatically recreating our traumas or avoiding them at all costs, we're also not being sensitive to the needs of the moment. How can I lead this person to Christ? So with this automatic behavior, we're missing so many opportunities to help and minister to one another. And so we suffer guilt, naturally, and this guilt diminishes our self-esteem. We all carry this burden of guilt to various degrees because we've all sinned by our own decisions, making our own decisions, and thereby uh, falling short of the glory of God. So this guilt makes us feel angry at times, sad about our shortcomings, fearful of making more mistakes, and even ashamed of ourselves. And these feelings affect our perceptions and our relationships with others. Uh, like the example I gave with the, the orderly that yelled at the baby. Right. When we feel guilt-ridden, we can so easily project this guilt on those around us and see them as guilty. When we suffer from low self-esteem, we tend to drag others down to where we imagine ourselves to be. And when we're feeling vulnerable, we're likely to dump our pain on those least likely to attack us back. Infants and children are such easy targets. And the example about a newborn baby also uh, also shows that how we are treated from the moment we're born tells us if we're loved and cherished as a precious child of God or unloved and a recipient of what others want to get rid of inside themselves, such as guilt. Well, and I think this is so important for listeners to understand that so much, this is really subconscious. This is not something that we are consciously aware of. It's a, right. it, it's kind of that uh, that subconscious part of us that is always trying to protect our own vulnerability and always trying to present our best version, hoping that that gives us the treatment that we want from the world to help us be a better person. And and the, the phenomenal thing about this is that God is not wanting us to feel this guilt. He's wanting us to be people of conscience, for sure, to understand yeah. when we are, are, are crossing that line and, and when we are doing things that are harmful to ourselves or to others or not really being who God has called us to be. But this is part of what he died for, was that guilt of our fallen nature— and are the hardwiring in us that does these automatic responses. And what we're doing in this webinar um, on February 28th is really helping people to kind of unpack and rewire and undo some of those automatic responses and be able to look at automatic responses without feeling shame, without having it lower our self-esteem, but to say, oh, that makes sense. Now I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I can really then ask for God to help me do a new thing and be transformed. And so I really want to encourage listeners to to really participate in this webinar on February 28th. And you can go to um, his side of the lookingglass.com and it will guide you through the sign-up process. You can also go to my website at cynthiahyatt.com. And, and there will be ways to, to get to that um, sign-up. We're going to have that on Facebook. Um, if you are not on my email list, please email me from CynthiaHyatt.com, and I can put you on the email so you get some of those reminders of when this is coming up. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more with Dr. Ann Rudolphs just about this issue of self-esteem and how God wants to really rework that and give us the esteem that he feels toward us. 
Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt, and you are hearing Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm very thankful that you are joining me today. This is the last part of this hour, and I've really enjoyed this hour with Dr. Ann Redels. She is um, going to be one of the presenters at a webinar that herself and Kristen Clark, who we had last week on the show, and myself are going to be doing on February 28th, and it is called Becoming a Woman of Worth, and it's Developing a Mind Style to Live the Lifestyle determined for you by Christ. And it's really learning to transform our mind and to understand that our worth and value has really been hijacked by the enemy. And he is daily assaulting our worth and wanting our esteem to be absolutely diluted so that that we really don't think highly of ourselves and and we don't appreciate who we really are. And and I really want to drive home the point that this is not about self-aggrandizing. This is not about self-inflation. This is not about um, narcissistic thinking. This is truly about understanding your worth and your value. And what happens when you understand your worth and your value from a God-centered position, it really helps us combat sin so that we don't act out in ways that decrease that feeling of value. Because we never can decrease our value, but we can feel like it's decreased. And, and I like to give people this analogy of the $100 bill. You know, if I had a $100 bill and, and I crumpled it up and handed it to you, I think you'd take it. It's still $100. Well, if I spit on it, would you take it? It's $100. Well, what if it's in the dumpster? I'd probably dig it out. It's $100. And you could take it all the way out to, you know, maybe it was spent at a strip club. Maybe it was used to buy drugs. The $100 does not decrease in value because of where it's been, what it's been used for, or how dirty or messed up it is. It's always has the value. So God wants us to understand our value is not changeable. The way we feel about ourselves, that is. So with that, I'm really excited to have you listen to Anne one more time in the last part of our show about this issue of value and self-esteem. And Anne, we were talking on the break about you know, this idea of how we help children grow with self-esteem and, and what happens when we have low self-esteem. Well, uh, low self-esteem is rampant in our nation. As so many of us seek the means to feel better about ourselves, we hurt one another to have company in our woundedness, or we use people in our attempts to lift ourselves up. So many of our societal problems, when investigated, reveal a problem with low self-esteem, whether looking down on a certain race or socioeconomic group, feeling a need to grab more than our fair share. Uh, participating in crimes against humanity or doing nothing to stop these crimes. So know that when a person strives for power and control, he's feeling powerless and out of control. And when a person seeks health and impressive possessions, she's showing her sense of poverty and lack. And when people merely watch as their communities are brought down by groups of people with low self-esteem, They're revealing that the majority of community members don't feel good about themselves and feel deserving of the trouble coming their way. So we see a lot of negativity and a lot of of many times aggressive behaviors, or even if it's not overt aggression, you might be in a relationship with someone that you feel kind of emotionally bullied by. And and a lot of that is coming from that low self-worth, that low self-esteem, that feeling out of control, feeling not valued themselves, not powerful on their own. Is that kind of similar? Is that, is, is that a way to say what you're saying? 
Yeah, and low self-esteem changes our perceptions even because we see, hear, and feel again and again what we've experienced in the past, unable to see our present circumstances with fresh eyes. It's kind of like when I talk to patients of mine and I say, you know, it, it's this idea of recapitulation. I, I, The trauma that I've incurred, even if I don't see it as trauma, whatever is unresolved, whatever, wherever there is active pain and energy, I subconsciously recreate it trying to get a different result. When actually what yeah. I'm doing is just creating more of the same result. But it is this unconscious right. motivator for me to recreate the very thing that hurt me as a way to try to undo it. And this is when we see young children that have been sexually molested, molesting their friends or siblings. Right. And, and they, that's the dynamic of post-traumatic stress. Again. Exactly. The, um, exactly. Compulsion to recreate the trauma. Exactly. And so, you know, part of what we're doing in this webinar is we're wanting to really give some tools, some skills, um, some certainly some knowledge some relational pieces as well to interact with each other so that we give new uh, skills so that we actually have truly new outcomes versus compulsively recreating whatever it is that's not working for us. Because, you know, the enemy knows that we feel shame when we do the same thing and we can't seem to stop doing the same thing and we keep getting the same result and then we think we're just stupid and we think we're dumb and we think we're foolish and the enemy loves that mindset. Where God is wanting yes, exactly where God is really wanting us to know that He understands our hardwiring going awry, that that's a natural human phenomenon, even though it's not a healthy one, and and that we can we can undo that and un- unravel that. Exactly. And so, when you are looking at you know how do we help you know if we are helping little children and and knowing you and I talked you know extensively, and you've written about this whole inner child that we have inside of us and, and um, that, that we really are young inside of us. We're timeless and that we are truly God's children. And so when we are helping physically little children develop good self-esteem, we also want to help that inner part of us, that tender, authentic part of us to have that self-esteem that we need. So how do we do that? Well, I find that so many people want to bolster children's self-esteem that they, they go to the opposite extreme as far as lavishing great praise on children who may have done nothing at the time to warrant such praise. And, of course, um, sometimes the kids are even misbehaving. Right. I've also seen plenty of children who are ignored or excessively criticized and punished as well. But to me, excessive praise of children is like giving these kids too many sweets to eat each day. Exactly. Donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner won't won't grow a healthy body. Exposing our children to only kind words will make them psychologically malnourished. And very, and very. Here's some negative feedback as well. Well, I I think it's, you know, we really um, disrespect children when we praise them for things either that they didn't do or things that they just should be doing to be a good human because we think that maybe they don't, in, in their gut, they know it's not authentic, they know it's not true. Yeah. You know, and, and we teach them not to listen to their inner voice as well. And so I think there's great value in truth. And, and we're not to be brutal with the truth. But, you know, we, all of us experience that crazy feeling when we know our reality is not true. And, and there's some deception yeah. in it or some manipulation or people are ignoring something that's right in front of our face. And we know that crazy feeling. And that affects self-worth. And self-esteem. Exactly. 
And and so it, it's really, you know, helping people to face the truth about themselves, which is wonderful things that they really, I don't think, understand, as well as the courage to face the things that aren't really um, showing or 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 exhibiting who God has really made us to be, and really being aware and and courageous enough to look at those things that are minimizing us, because the enemy wants us to first of all be doing those things to minimize us, and then pretend like they're not happening, right? And so we get into a really big fix at that point, versus really being able to say, you know what, I can look at all of this because God is with me, and God is on my side, and God loves me, and God values me. And so we go back to that analogy I gave you about the $100 bill, you know? So if it was used for disgusting things, if it was taken terrible places, if it's been, you know, uh, mistreated, well, then God says it doesn't matter. The value is still there. We can help it look like a real $100 bill. Let's do that instead of thinking that we have to increase the value. Agreed. And we must be the child of God in our children, seeing who they really are interacting with that, and that teaches them where their value is. Absolutely. And, and I think this idea of relationship, you know, is we forget that the most healing thing that God did was become a mortal man and relate one-on-one to people. And, and you know, when we look at the New Testament, the stories about Jesus were mainly about his interactions with one person at a time. He, he spoke a lot, certainly. But the power was in his connection to people. And so in this webinar, we're really wanting people to experience Jesus. We're wanting to them, them to experience their creator, their father, their God, their friend. And in knowing and experiencing God, we can't feel bad about ourselves because he doesn't feel bad about us. And so it's really being able to feel those feelings. It doesn't mean that God feels good about our bad behaviors. Of course he doesn't. And he's not, he's not ignoring bad behaviors. But he really has a deep understanding of the predicament that the world is in right now and why we do the things that we do. And so I I think this idea, when you talk about self-esteem, you know, and how we attain low self-esteem and and how we really get back who we really are. How how is it, you know, you work with clients on a daily basis. What, What is the main thing you do with them? Well, the most important thing is uh, to connect them with their maker. And um, I'm, I'm careful about using words because so many people with trauma, like I said, they recreate their trauma or they avoid it. If they've had religious trauma, they can be very sensitive to religious words. Absolutely. But they, they can find that loving presence inside them who, when they're ready, will ask, who is this, by the way? <laughs> and I'll, I'll say, well, you, you ask. And then they come back and say, well, it's Jesus. Right. And to me, that's just so thrilling when they find Jesus on their own. So you really kind of help them experience that process you by, by really connecting, being present, listening. Yes, because we can't grow to maturity. We can't grow to our full self-esteem without our Father. And um, that, that's the whole connection. That's what gets us growing. That's what gets us to our life's destiny. So tell me, one of the mo- we have a, a couple minutes, and I really would like uh, people to hear some of what you are wanting to present at this webinar or, or maybe one of the most poignant moments you had with a client as they kind of had an awakening, a, a, an awareness. 
Well, the important thing is for people to take a look at the T-shirts they're wearing. Like I mentioned, what are we putting on our, our front? What image do we present to the world of who we are? And allowing God us to lead us to look at the back. What are those qualities that we've disowned because we had traumatic experiences around those, those aspects of our being? And to be able to turn both sides to God, because I find so often we're frightened of God because we feel his light will reveal parts of us that we're, we're scared to look at. We're deeply ashamed. We're, we may even be horrified. But his kindness, his love, his strength, Jesus wearing our T-shirt <laughs> gives us what we need to look at every aspect of our being and like that dirty bill can say it's okay because he can make it clean. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to know that this is an ongoing process that every day the enemy is assaulting us. Every day we are continuing to fight and, and, can, and maintain that truth and that awareness about how God sees us and how he feels about us so that we can truly act out of, of that position as an authentic, really unique person. So, Dr. Ann, I, I really appreciate you being on the show today, and it, you've had such great insights and, and ways to present this information. And, and I'm really wanting to encourage you listeners to in, enjoy the webinar, um, participate with us in the webinar. I think you will be really pleased with what you come away with. And it is February 28th. I want you to go to his side of the lookingglass.com where you can sign up specifically for this webinar. And like we talked about this idea of relationship, if you know someone in your life that you see struggles with worth and value, please scholarship them and and let them participate in it as well. Encourage them to really experience the truth that God has for them. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And you can always visit me at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And also my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., I-N-C for Incorporated. And God bless your week. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.